From Detroit, Michigan. Hi, this is Elusive. And this is Mr. Groove. And our cat side. And our phone's ringing. Here getting our groove thing on, y'all. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to Gary Van Dam Bush on Starpoint Radio. Mm-hmm. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and, and have, have a, a happy, happy new, new year.
Larry Vandenbush playing the music you love to hear. DSG Disco Soul Gold. Nuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and a mistletoe. Help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Christmas Eve here, live on Starpoint Radio. 
My thanks to Andy Teen, also of course to Ray Bradshaw. And uh, Andy, last bottle of Baileys. I think I'll stick it in some coffee. What do you think? <laughs> We're live on Starpoint Radio. And we've got a funky day today. We've got Mr. Randy Muller. who's going to be our special guest. Yeah, Blast Construction, New York Sky. So we're feeling funky today. Hey, singer James Brown, come on. Mr. James Brown. A big good morning, Merry Christmas to uh, Mickey Collard, also to Sylvie, of course. Look. Mark Harris is in the house. Merry Christmas, Mark Harris. Papa did Brian and Brown, good afternoon. But we did Merry Christmas to you as well. Papa beat the hell out of us. Mr. Dave Downer, Merry Christmas, good morning to you. Jacqueline in New York, good morning to you. And the Queen of Cards, Miss Jane Waterfall, Merry Christmas and good morning to you. 
Well, I hope you're feeling funky today. Are you feeling funky? Day and uh, from this day we forget what days come, what, what days are what, don't we? We know that it's Christmas Day, Boxing Day, we think, but what day was that? What day is this? Yeah, it's Tuesday today. Well, I have to remember tomorrow's Wednesday. Okay, release today on GAM Records and you can also get it from Bandcamp. New version of Kelly Burke's Rising to the Top.
and keep pushing. Big hi, good morning. Merry Christmas to Jenny, also to Dave. Elaine Patrick in the house. Good morning, Elaine. Mr. David Noyes, Mr. Popular himself is in the house. Merry Christmas, David, to you and Olivier. Funky Tuesday. It's almost a Friday then. Because it, it rhymes, isn't it? Christmas Eve here live on Starpoint Radio. Something brand new, some exclusive to the show. Martin Shaw and Jay Ski Mix. If it'd been the right track, this is the track. Martin Shaw with Jayski in the mix. Exclusive to the show.
forthcoming looking for a release for that one by the rascals the jungle walk martin shaw in the mix with mr j ski himself See if you remember this one. Shook it down now. I shook it down now. I shook it down now. I shook it down now. 
special mix, Temptations, Law of the Land. Nudge away, Mark, if you're listening, I've got a, a quick question for you. If the Commodores were going to build a house, what kind of house would they build? Martin Shaw's in the house himself. Merry Christmas, Mark. Martin. And here is one of your exclusive mixes. Especially for the show today. With man Jay Ski. This one's called Blood Donors. I'm looking for a release on this one as well next year.
done, Jane Rivette. You see, you should be in our quiz. Dave Cook, Merry Christmas. Good morning. And of course, Merry Christmas, Jane, as well. Talented Martin Shaw. With Jayski, blood donors, everybody needs them. Watch to do between now and one o'clock. Mr. Randy Muller is our guest after 12. Eve, right here on Starpoint Radio. It's myself to one o'clock, then Mr. Chatterbox himself, Mr. Nigel Waymark, followed by Mr. King. Well, Mama, more of you. One God. New single, forthcoming. Sunday. Emily Sunday. Everyone's loving this track at the moment. Ah, boy. Give it up. 
Tear the roof off the soccer. Brand new edit. It's a funky Christmas Eve right here on Starpoint Radio. Have to flip a sort of coin though. Christmas songs or uh, do we make it a fun special with Randy Muller as our guest? Get the 
This is my kind of music, bro. Now we're talking. Jenny's doing a bit dog walking. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, a Rufus Thomas track. What was it called? Walk the Dog, wasn't it? <laughs> Who's that peeping in my window? It's old Tom. Tom the peeper. He peeps and he peeps and he peeps in everybody's house. He kept on peeping in everybody's living. Till he peeps and he peeps and he peeps. 
Well, I had no idea what to do this today because I started off and I put start, the first track I put onto my uh, decks, it was playing backwards and it wouldn't play forwards, so I had to turn it all off and turn it back on again. Thought, what is wrong with it? Why is it playing backwards? <laughs> I have to say, it sounded weird playing backwards. Come down, come down, come down, baby. Come down, come down.
Tomorrow will be a recorded show. I've recorded it especially for you for Christmas Day. My bad, because everyone else is doing it live. <laughs> Oops. I'm going to see my daughter and uh, she lives in Winchester, Andover. It's quite a long way. Three-hour drive. And I think they wake up about six o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day. But I'd be five o'clock. And I see three of my grandchildren as well. That will be live on Boxing Day. So just after 12, Mr. Randy Muller, our special guest. We'll talk about all the millions of records he sold under the banners of Brass Construction, New York Sky. This is one of his as well. Garrett Mims, what it is.
what it is, Garrett Mims. Written and produced by, of course, Mr. Randy Muller. We'll be our guest shortly, live in the place. This is some more of his work, Mr. Charles Erland.
music player Charles Owens, Randy Muller, our special guest. Well, after this.
Welcome to Stump on Radio, the one and only Mr. Randy Muller. Wow, what a big build-up. Hello. <laughs> Singer, oh, songwriter, producer, arranger, flutist, salmon lover. Ah, there you go. You have all my credentials. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where do we start? How are you doing? How are you doing today? Oh, fine. Lovely to have you here on Starpoint Radio. Welcome to Starpoint Radio. Um, yes. That's I, my, this is my first Starpoint uh, interview. You know that. A lot of people say that. Cause I don't think they ever did them before. Yeah, I started. this is my first time in Starpoint territory. This is fancy. <laughs> you know, I have on my, I have my tux, my tux and bow tie on for this. Fantastic. And uh, what, what kind of shoes you got? You've got shiny shoes as well? That's right. With sparkles. With sparkles on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been, you've been the, the funk man for many years, haven't you? I don't know. I, do, I keep thinking I've been taking showers and baths. I can't be that funky. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I, I've been accused of worse things, right? Oh, yes, being a brilliant. funk man isn't that bad. <laughs> Beach Express. Wow. <laughs> so much funk. Deluxe, Tamika Jones, Garrett Mims. We've just been playing some of it and thinking how good it sounds. Well, great. I'm glad. I'm glad you're keeping the, the, the music alive. And uh, that's one of the things I really love about the UK. Uh, you guys have really, uh, really do a great job in just keeping that that groove and that sound alive. Um, you know, on this this side of the well, beyond beyond the states, I think in the states it seemed to be a, a dying thing. But you guys have just been invigorating it with all sorts of enthusiasm, and I love it. You know, so fantastic. What about Europe? Mm -hmm. Do they, does Europe not get into the into yeah the, the European? Yeah, if the French and. Uh, the French, the Italians. I mean, we get good, a lot of love this side, this side of the ocean, uh, you know. But uh, and also Japan. I got to say, Japan has been really big for the punk and soul. Uh, but the UK shines very bright uh, in this in this regard. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been sampled many times. You've been using rap records, TV adverts. I know. If only they could pay us, it'd be great. <laughs> well, that's another story, isn't it? <laughs> So you have some creative album uh, album titles for your Brass Instruction albums, didn't you? Uh, oh, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Two, one, two, three, three four, five, six. <laughs> what made you think of those? <laughs> it makes it easier, right? You could follow it. It's so funny. I was thinking of the new Funk Deluxe album I'm doing, and I was thinking, should I go Funk Deluxe too? Uh, <laughs> keep the tradition going. It makes it easier to follow, you know? So your so your inspirations, Hubert Laws, Tom Bell. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from those. I remember Hubert Laws. I was in college and I met this young lady, and uh, at that time brass brass was just taking off. And so I was traveling on the road and going back to, to classes. Right, I would go to class and then take a plane and go and do the gigs and stuff. And um, this young lady was um, she was charged with. You know, keeping notes and giving me notes when I come back. So I went. I came back one time. I came back to town, and I went to her house to pick up some notes and know what kind of homework to do and all that. We didn't have the internet, right? She couldn't yeah. email me stuff. It was a good excuse for me to see a really beautiful lady as well. I have to say, uh, we ended up dating after that. But anyway, um, so I went in her house and heard this music. I said, "What's that?" She said, "That's a guy named Hubert Laws." I said, "Wow." That's amazing. She says, you don't know about Hubert Love? I said, no. I mean, wow, this is great. And it was the Morning Star album, right? And I said, can I borrow it? You know, those days we had actual <laughs> records, right? Nice. The whole album with a beautiful picture on it. 
and I barred. She says, okay, you could go and bring it back, you know, next class, whatever. I barred it, and I went in the basement, and I just listened to that record up, like, you know, front and back, just like all the riffs and Hubert stuff, and I became a massive Hubert Lost fan. Love this stuff. His sound, his tone, it's like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be, you know. His playing was impeccable. It wasn't, what was weird about Hubert, it wasn't, he was, you know, classically trained and all that, went to Juilliard and all, but he had a hipness to his sound. His tone was great. It didn't sound, it's like if you have Galway, right, on yeah. Jean-Pierre, Rampal. Uh, those guys are very, they have very strictly classical tone, right? Yeah. But Hubert could do that, but at the same time, sound very hip, right? He, he spoke on the flute with a special kind of twang, I would say. And that, that appealed to me, because I didn't want to be a corny-sounding flute player, right? I wanted to be hip-sounding, and Hubert was doing all the CTI stuff, right, with Bob James and all the different stuff, and yeah, I just got, I just got bit at well, Hubert Laws. So, yes, he, he is, uh, he's a great influence in my, my um, you when know. You, but, when you go back mm -hmm. and look at the Steve notes, you'll find people like Hubert Laws on a lot of albums in the, in, the, yeah. in the small print, which you don't get to see anymore. So let's go back to 75, uh, BT Express. How did that all start? Well, BT started when uh, Jeff Lane, it's so funny, last night I had this dream about Jeff, I have to call and see if he's okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I woke up this morning, I saw Jeff and all the old guys, I had this dream, which means I had a good sleep last night because I've been lacking that and uh, finally I got a really good rest last night. So dreaming about all sorts of stuff near Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, As you do. So Jeff and I connected, um, I was in high school. And Jeff, uh, Jeff's daughter went to school with one of the guys in the group, and uh, you know he, he told you know about the band. He told uh, the daughter knew about the band, told her father, and um, said about this guy Randy writing stuff up. I was in East New York in Brooklyn, and um, that he's a, you know he's a arranger guy. He does all sorts of music. If you want to do stuff for the label, he was just starting a little record company called Doc Records. And anyway, we got together. He needed someone to, you know, be the music guy because Jeff doesn't play an instrument or anything. Um, so I became the music guy. So I went in there. I started doing arrangements for him. Um, we did a guy named Nat Kennedy. Uh, What's happening, brother? I think was one of the records, and really, really very some hokey stuff. But it was fun. It was very gospel based. Um, as a matter of fact, we did um, a Christmas record. I was just thinking for the holiday. We did a thing called Baby Bo Baby Boy. Um, and um, it was a, the Cherubin Singers, I think they call them. Basically, his niece and some other girls singing. They call them the Cherubin Singers. But I, my job was to make it sound nice and put strings yeah. and things on it. And um, then he said he got this band, this thing, uh, BT Express, that he wanted me to write for and, you know, do arrangements for. And I, I, just wasn't too, I wasn't too confident because I never really did big string stuff before. So I remember, but Jeff is a very... Because he doesn't play or anything, he takes things for granted. Like, hey, Muller, you're a genius, right? Tomorrow, I want some strings. I said, I never did strings. I don't know. He said, no, tomorrow, 7 o'clock, right? Give me some strings and some stuff on this. Put, put some stuff together. And I'm all nervous. I hate to tell him no. So I went, and I remember going to one of the teachers in school and saying, uh, uh, Professor Holcomb, could you tell me about the strings and the violins, please? <laughs> and she told me the stuff. And I go, and I went to the cafeteria. I remember, I went to the cafeteria, and I started thinking about the stuff. And I went home, sat at my grandma's dinner table, and the song Express was written at the table when the guys are blowing the horn. 
outside, say, hey, it's time to go to the studio. I wasn't done because I, I wasn't sure what I was doing. That's why you hear those lines on the album, very simple. It's very simple, right? The whole album, I wrote that whole thing at my grandma's dinner table. She's an old West Indian lady. I said, boy, you have to have some nourishment because I don't like to eat when I write, right? And she's yeah. bugging me to eat, and I said, no, Grandma, I can't do this. And I'm uh, writing this stuff up without a piano, just out of my head, hoping that everything sounds right when you get to the studio. So I remember pulling up, and we, we got there, and we had the violin players and everything, and you put up the track, and they start playing, and it really sounded, it just, it, it worked. I mean, I was so happy, and it, it just came together, and that was the beginning of the whole thing. I did several albums with BT. Uh, you know, after that, and you know, Jeff and I were a team. We did uh, Garnet Mims. We did, you know, we did other things together. Of course, Brass Construction. I, um, I don't think it was that simple. <laughs> you might think it's simple now. I don't think it was that simple. Well, we did, we did a lot. Yeah, it, it's thing. We became, we became the team, the production team, and uh, you know, I was the arranger guy, and you know, put together the music, and he's the deal maker, right? He went and made the deals, and I did the music, and uh, that was it. But it was lots of fun. I was learning a lot of things. I was learning about production. I was learning about the studio. Uh, in those days, you know, guys didn't have, you didn't have home studios, right? Yeah. And you want violins, you actually have to have some union violin guys come in and play. You have to have a couple of bucks to get these guys because they're looking at the clock, the first hour, you know, union stuff, right? They have to take a break after X amount of hours. So we'll, you know, in those days, however, what we used to do, if we have two projects and we're paying for one, right? The guys would take a break. Jeff would say, Randy, do a quick arrangement of this thing. So I write something quick. They go on a mimeograph machine. Those days they had the ink and you you take your hand and you turn the, the thing out. Very old time printing. You print out the music and you hand it to the guys afterwards. And you could get two albums knocked off for the price of one or something like that. Where the other guy's paying for everything. Right? We did a lot of that kind of stuff. But because it was so rare and, and expensive to get these people. Uh, you know, under one roof to, to do your stuff. You try to take advantage as much as you can. So it was great. It was fun. I think it's great. It was fun. Music was all around. People were learning. I remember going to the studio, seeing guys like Patrick Adams and Harold Wheeler and different guys, you know, going in and out. You know, I was the kid, you know, hey, kid, you know. Um, but I was learning and uh, just, just, just getting a really great uh, education in, in the music well, business. Well, you started singing mm -hmm. at the age of seven, didn't you? And you got sent to live with your grandmother in Brooklyn. Yes, yes. Brooklyn was the place. I remember when I came, because I had this, this notion of what America was like. And I guess a lot of immigrants have this, this thing. America was, you know, streets paved with gold. You had, like, sparkly stuff in the streets. And, but the funny thing, when I went, I got to JFK with my sister and my aunt. Uh, we, we, we didn't know where, no one was there, to, you know, I guess they forgot we were coming or something. So we ended up getting a cab, which took us to my grandmother's address. And it's a very interesting place in Brooklyn, um, in uh, Bed-Stuy. And um, it's funny because for one moment I, I kind of like experienced the stuff I thought America would be like. I'm laying in my bed for the very first night, and you hear guys walking down the street singing in four-part harmony, doo-wop stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was like, I'm hearing like, just like the movies. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is America, right? Just like, just like the movies. And you hear the beautiful harmony. Those guys, the, the, the guys in the black neighborhood, they, had, they wore the do-rag, you know, they had their processed yeah. hair with the rags, you know, tied around the hair. And they'd walk around singing harmony. 
It was like really amazing to I saw, me. I saw the Temptations film when they did that, didn't they? Yeah, that, yeah. in the 1960s. This is about 1963 or so. That's yeah. In those in those yeah, guys just walk around singing, right? Those were like happier times, I guess. People don't do that anymore. You don't walk around singing harmony <laughs> no, around the street. They lock you up. They lock you up. Yeah, they go nuts. So your albums were a phenomenal success. And the, the whole funk scene was a phenomenal success in America because everyone was having platinum and gold albums, Ozzy Brothers, Earth, Wind & Fire, Brass yeah. Instruction, Number Ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, there was a great... There was a, there was a culture. It was the zeitgeist, uh, not to use a fancy word, but it was the zeitgeist. It was the spirit of the times. And um, well, there was a learning process. You know, everyone had their signature. Like, like today now, you can get a drum machine, you could play a pattern like anybody else. But, you know, you had, like Larry in Brass Construction, Larry had a certain drumming style, right? You know the drummer from Earth, Wind & Fire, you know the drummer from Mandrill, you know the drummer. Everybody had a certain, like Buddy Miles played drum, you know his sound, like how we knew Earl Young later on, right? In the Philly, yeah, yeah. that Philly thing. We knew the style, everyone had a signature. And that's what made every group unique. They had, we're all doing funk, but we're doing it with our own signature, our own style, our own, our own kind of flavor. And I think it made it so fantastic, you know. Um, and then also what was very key at that time, I think, is that we had a sort of infrastructure that was built. There were places for musicians to play all over the place. I remember I lived in East New York. And uh, I would go to a bar or a little, they had clubs and places to perform all over the place. So I'd go and tell a guy, hey, I have a band, it's called Brass Construction, and uh, we like to play here. The guy said, okay, tell you what, come Tuesday night, uh, we'll see, we'll come, we go audition, basically live. And then the guy said, okay, you got a job. And in those days, you know, you, it's embarrassing to let you know how much we used to make um, for the whole band. And we had, a Brass Construction was more than nine guys at that time. I had a trombone player and stuff. So we had about 14 people. And we got $250, which we thought, oh, my God, this is big. $250, right? <laughs> you do the math, right? So if you have to get a, a, a van, in those days, we couldn't sometimes afford a van to get to the gig. We would lug the stuff on carts to the show because it's in the neighborhood. We'll put the instruments on the train at times for shows, or we just lift it. We get our friends that come help us lift the drum set and to lift the roll the amplifiers down the street. And we go to the show. But, but it was, people were doing this. We weren't the only guys doing this kind of stuff. There was so much interchanging, you know, cross-pollination happening. Um, I've got to tell you about this one gig. So we did one gig uh, in downtown Brooklyn. And um, who was the guy? Who was the guys? Um, who did Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam? Um, the brothers. Full force. Full force. So the full force guys are giving this party, right? Yeah. So we go in there and... Um, you know, so we did, did the show, we did the, the party, we played and stuff. So it came time to get paid. This is always a thing. I, you know, Mr. Mr. Leader guy, I'm the leader guy that goes collect the money and I pay the guys and distribute yeah. the stuff. I went to the guy, the full force guy. Now I have to describe, I don't know if people out there, you know, reminded, know about what they look like. These guys were bodybuilders, right? <laughs> the full force guys are all muscle guys, big muscle, hulking necks, big strong arms and legs, right? Yeah. And they walked around that time. They were young and arrogant. Walked around, you know, with a muscle shirt and stuff like that. So I'd go into the guys. Okay, yeah. So we finish. Uh, let's kind of settle up. He goes, "I'm not paying you." I said, "What do you mean? I'm not paying you. I'll give you anything." 
<laughs> I go, really? You know, I, I got you in shock, right? <laughs> like, no, I was, at that time I was really tall and skinny, lean, tall, skinny, little, 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 tweaky little guy. And this big muscle guy is telling me this. But at that time, most of us were taking karate. We were all, you had like a black belt guy. Yeah. Um, and we all were doing, I had nunchucks. We used to carry nunchucks and stuff. We were all into martial arts. Well, although I look like a little skinny and lanky. So I went back to the guys. I said, guys, you got a problem. These guys don't want to pay us, right? They don't want to pay us, right? And um, I forgot. You know, we didn't have a big fight. I remember something happened. They said maybe, okay, maybe next Monday or some, something like that. But we didn't have the big, it almost had a big showdown uh, between the full force and the brass guys. But we never had that. But I always remember not getting paid at the show. And there was, I think they still owe me money. Oh, the full force guys. I still think. I don't think we actually fully settled up. But we always it's something to laugh. They went on to do Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, it was a funny story. I always remember them. Um, I have to when I see them, I have to remind them they still probably owe me a couple of bucks. But but music, that's the kind of thing. We had all sorts of stories and things that happened in, in the neighborhood. Um, you know, there were guys challenging you. I remember one guy, I was in school, and guy said, he's the better flute player. And this other guy, he's now a professor over at Berkeley School. Uh, you know, this other guy, he said, no, oh, I think, and he came to challenge me. 3.30 at school, he came with his flute to challenge me in the hallway, right, in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, it, that's a, there was a spirit of music. Everybody wanted to be perfect. Everybody wanted to be better. Guys sat in practice and did stuff. There was, I, I, you know, it was a really great environment, and I, you know, I miss that that type of spirit, you know. So mm -hmm. moving forward to 2019, you're you're in, you're in London as we speak. Yes. You're yes. Going to, Just pulled in, and uh, I love this city. I love London with all the stuff you guys are going through with Brexit and this and that. It's still a beautiful place. I love the people. I love the culture. I, I think it's a great, great place. Love this place. Every place has problems. New York, America, you want to talk about problems. Let's look at what's happening in my yeah. neck of the woods. But you guys, uh, I think, I, I really believe uh, that things will be better here. I think things will get better. Um, you know, you just got to make some adjustments and things will be fine. So I love it here. The music is great. You know, all the problems you have, the, this punk and soul is still going on. Music is still in the air. People are enjoying themselves. And I think go for the holidays, for the Christmas. Uh, you know, people have a really fantastic time. I see all little posters around. There are parties here, parties there. and um, Always something going on. Always something going good on. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I love it. I love this town. It's great. And I come and I eat your pies, your Christmas pudding. <laughs> I never had Christmas pudding. Now I come, I come so often, now I'm expecting my Christmas pudding. And uh, someone is saying, yeah, we'll get brandy sauce or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I don't know about all that. I don't even drink much alcohol, but... Hey, they do brandy sauce. It's brandy sauce. I'll have the brandy sauce. Brandy sauce, brandy butter, cream, <laughs> variety of things. So you're going Are to you Soul Brother, to... is that right? What's that? You're going to Soul Brother to sign some copies of your I new album. I should be at Soul Brothers on the 28th. What day is that? What day is that? Uh, the 28th. The um, look, I've got a calendar in front of me, isn't it? It's Saturday. Yeah, I'll be there on Saturday at one about one o'clock, and I'm going to sign my new album. Of course, I got to do a cheap plug. Uh, welcome to Welcome to my life which I'm enjoying, uh, something I wanted to do for quite a long time. Actually, the album, I recorded about 30-something songs, like 33, 34 songs. Uh, they're, not all, they're not all in the album, but um, I got, you know, a really, uh, I, I chose about 15 tracks, 
from that batch. And, uh, and it tells a story. It tells a story of when I uh, first came to America, from when I was a child in Guyana, British Guyana at that time. Yes, I was a British subject, listening to BBC as a child, uh, spoiled by this stuff. But BBC at that time gave such a variety of programs. Yeah, I remember used to listening to old orchestral things by Montavani and stuff by Stanley Black and just all sorts of old-fashioned stuff. Um, and so I got how I got to sense my ear for orchestrations, nice, beautiful strings and all. And so uh, on this album, I, I did a couple of arrangements and songs reminiscent of that all the way to my funk period when I landed in Brooklyn and um, started to hear all the kind of, you know, the, the, this really amazing music um, going back to the old days. And uh, so this album starts you, you get um, uh, Brazilian Nights, which has beautiful soaring strings. And you have, uh, what is it, uh, Algo Simple, Something Simple. I'm trying to sing some Spanish stuff, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I hope you excuse me for that one. But it's, um, that's the kind of music I heard. I used to listen, I used to love radio, and I still do love radio. Um, I, I fancied myself a radio broadcaster when I was younger. And also, uh, you know, I liked the technical part of building radio. I used to build ham radios and things on my own. Um, I had an interest in science and electronics and things. So I used to listen to uh, old, you know, these, these old time radios where I, I just, I used to make them up with a, with a carbon um, variable condenser you, you, where you dial the, the stations. And I would make it up and put antenna, big wires in my backyard so I could get stations from different parts of the world. And uh, I would hear things in all sorts of languages. I don't even know the language, but you would hear some great music. I don't know, like Nat King Cole would come buzzing over, you know, uh, um, all sorts of things I would hear and um, I just loved and it's not the best for them. you hear it like phasing and flanging you know the music is not clear it, go, it sweeps in and sweeps out but you know it was great stuff and so that this album traces all that to the funk period I gave a little thing when I got into the brass construction sound that's that song what are we going to do has that flavor as a matter of fact, there's a new mix coming. It's going to be our new single. We have a new mix. It's called the Brassy Mix. Oh, it cool. brings out more of that, more of that punch that Brooklyn, you know, made it a little tougher and raw than the album version. But um, and uh, we we got into like the what, uh, what's the other track? Uh, Welcome to my life, the title track, which is very '70s retro. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of music in that flavor, and I just like I basically tried to capture the times, right? I tried to capture 1975. I tried to capture in 1969. You know, I, I tried to do that. There's a song representative of those periods. Um, you know, until the modern, you, you hear more modern, slicker tracks come, coming in. We have a thing um, over and over. Beautiful, smooth track that, that really works, uh, I think. And um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying the album. I'm enjoying the response to the album, more importantly. And I want to invite everybody to come out the 28th, that Saturday, I'll be at Soul Brother uh, Records. Um, was it Putney, right? Is it Putney, Putney? that's right, South London. Yeah. Yeah, south I'll London, mate. South yes, London. I'll be going south on Saturday. How is that? That's brilliant. And, uh, and of course, i got to give a plug. But if you don't want to come out, uh, you can go to Randy Muller Music. It's very easy, randymullermusic.com. And you get the album, you get all the things I've done there. Um, you know, I just put up the site about a few months ago because I found there was a need for it. So the big thing now is randymullermusic.com. You go there, you get the CD there as well. You could press and press through and, and, and buy the CD as well. So I look, for, look forward to seeing the gang there. 
and uh, and and thank you, Gary, for let me um, oh. include this this cheap plug. Big thank you to uh, Steve Ripley for arranging this today. Big thank you to uh, Nick Aravis as well, who I'm sure you'll yes, be seeing course, up while Nick. you're here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You'll be at Soul Brother on Saturday, which is great, and you can go to your website, which is randymillermusic.com, and you can yeah. download everything. Uh, just just quickly, your, your favourite songs of all time, Wake Up Everybody, The Blue Notes, Send In The Clouds, uh, Frank Sinatra, um, yes. Second and third, maybe LTD back in love again. Stylistic three people make the world go around, and that's right. Let's chuck in cool in the gang Hollywood swing. Am I right? Yeah, I think you're right on. Wow, what a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? I just feel funny. I, I just, I just have, have have something next to me here. I have a surprise for you, right? For your, for your, for your, for your listeners, right? Go on. I have a surprise. Okay, here I have a surprise. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for bringing on your I flutes. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Randy. Thanks for joining us here live today on Starpoint Radio. Merry Christmas. Good luck with the album. Good Thank luck with the signing. Much. So remember, everyone to go to Soul Brother, go and meet the man himself, Mr. Randy Muller, on Soul Brother yeah. this Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. <laughs>
Gary Vandenbush's lunchtime sandwich on Starporn Radio. Yummy. your lunchtime sandwich with the lovely Gary Vandenbush. (laughs) 
Thanks to the very talented Randy Muller for joining us live on the show today on Christmas Eve. So he'll be at Soul Brother on Saturday the 28th around 1 o'clock. You can get his new CD signed there at Soul Brother this coming Saturday. And they're based in Putney. Stick with Randy Muller, Brooklyn Groove Machine. And it's a disco holiday. Good afternoon, this is the Soul Emperor, Mr. Cool Keith in the house. Manny Mother's website. If you want to purchase that one, just go holiday, book clean, groove machine. 
www.wendyballamusic.com Here's one Randy Muller did and we almost forgot it. Christmas and a shout out. Good afternoon to Rory. Thanks for the great compliment, Rory. Thank you. And Jenny, all those wonderful pictures. We'll squeeze a couple more before we go. Then Mr. Nigel Waymark is next. He's going to make up all the Christmas songs I haven't played, believe me. For all the talking I haven't done, he'll make up for it. And he's followed by Mr. Steve King.
time for myself, Gary Van Wish you wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining me today and thanks for joining me every day. I hope you have the most wonderful time. I will be live on Boxing Day. Tomorrow's a recorded show. Come down to see my daughter and my grandkids. So you can understand that one, can't you? Yeah? <laughs> Carl didn't understand it. <laughs> one day a year, Carl. For myself, Gary Runners here at Starpoint Radio. Have a very, very, very Merry Christmas. Hope it's your best one ever. And Christmas toodles. <laughs> Stand by for Nigel Waymark. It's a full-on Christmas show tomorrow, by the way, all right? Lots of Christmas songs tomorrow. Get a big thank you to Randy Muller, of course, and Steve Ripley. And Randy Muller enjoys shopping Marks and Spencers. I know how much you love it.
Leroy. Merry Christmas. <laughs>